0: Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. There we go. Morning, everybody. Okay. Now we're gonna get right into it and uh, what we what we looked at over the past before Jody and Vanessa Ramiro from from uh, East Los Angeles who were here this past week. How many of you enjoyed that, by the way? That was good. Um, such, a, such a strengthening time to have them with us. But we were looking at what we called family matters. And that's because uh, we were discussing family matters. And uh, how many of you know family is a huge part of our life? You know, we talk about the kingdom of God and church and all these things and, and the call of God, but in reality... Uh, there is no distinction between the secular and the sacred can I say there's no there, it 's not like you have your church in your ministry life and then you go home and then you 've got your 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 family life it 's all the kingdom of heaven it 's all kingdom of heaven and and we want to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and so that 's the reason that we spoke into family matters because we were addressing family matters and also because family matters <laughs> yeah. and so um We are going to be discussing, at least today and next week, uh, money matters. Exact same situation. Money is not some other part of our life that's disconnected from church and ministry and kingdom of heaven and faith. Money is a huge part of our lives. Um, And so um, it's a huge part of our lives. It's a huge part even of God's purpose for our lives. So money does matter, and so we're going to be looking at uh, one particular scripture. You can go there now with me, Matthew chapter 6. Um, we might need some help here with the girls here, if you don't mind. That's, even I'm having a hard time keeping my, my focus. Um, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, uh, starting in verse six, uh, 19. And that's going to make up the basis of today's talk. We'll talk about some other issues in the next, uh, uh, next week. But everybody says that they want God's perfect will for their life. I mean, if I was to ask most of you in this room, do you want God's perfect will for your life and for, um, and for your finances? Who would say no? I don't, I don't think I do. No. I'd rather, no, it's... We want God's perfect will for our, for our uh, uh, life, but the reality is God's perfect will for our life is God's perfect will for our life. It's not ours, in other words. If we want God's perfect will, and here's the main idea today, if we want God's perfect will, it operates very much like we were just addressing in worship. It operates in a place where we are not taking control... And doing what we want where we're looking for and seeking his will. Y'all with me? So God's God's economy. How many of you want to see God's kingdom where money and finances are concerned happening in this local church as it is in heaven? I, I don't mean the church coffers. I mean in the families of this church. And together our partnership as well and what we're doing together in the way of reaching the city, that it would be a reflection of the kingdom of heaven just as it is on earth. We want to see that. That's what we're looking for. That economy operates from a place of faith and obedience as opposed to the world's economy, which actually operates by fear and self-preservation. And so that's what we're going to look at today. God's economy... It's so much bigger than we actually have have thought it was. And so, if you'll look with me, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so, first, so we're going to read all the way from that verse 19 all the way to the end of the chapter. I just want to make a couple points as we're going through here. Do not lay for yourself up for yourselves treasures on earth. We don't really say lay up. I mean, most of us don't, don't really say, you know what, um, i got to go to the bank because I'm laying up some treasure. It, what, what Jesus is talking about there is where you're storing your finances. He's saying don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, does that mean that uh, having a savings account being frugal with your money, forward planning, putting money aside to pay for upcoming expenses. Is that wrong? No, it's not, if it's done in faith. Jesus says, or the scripture says, Romans, whatever is not of faith is sin. So we we do it in faith according to what we know or have come to believe the will of God is. But ultimately, what we do with our finances is laying it up in heaven. What does that mean? That means everything that we do financially to, to partner our finances with what God's revealed will is, is actually storing up treasure in heaven. And in that economy, moth and rust do not destroy. There's nothing, how many of you know you can lose your millions here on this earth? Every investment that you make in obedience and faith to the king, a financial investment, if you will, into heaven, it will not, that account will not go away. It's the most secure investment that there actually is. And so, what are treasures on earth? It's savings yourself, and it's fear-based. Now, this is real, guys. Let's not just put on our holy faces, well, I don't do that. I trust God. No, man. I mean, yes, hopefully we do but there is a very real continuous, I have made leaps of financial faith in my life, and I still have the instinct to preserve myself and to save myself financially. It is a real thing that we will probably always contend with as long as we're in this earth and Jesus hasn't yet returned. But it is one of the biggest ways that we actually partner with Jesus by faith in this earth. It hits your pocketbook, my friends. So what are treasures in heaven? That's losing self, and that's financial decisions made in response to faith and obedience. So I'll just, I don't, I'll just share you a a quick story, and I I trust that you know my heart. I'm not, like, trying to, you know, when you share testimonies of something that you've done, I'm I'm not wanting to, like, you know, uh, do the opposite of what Jesus said of when you, when you, give your alms, you know, don't like be drawing attention to it or whatever, but but I also think it's important for the people of the church to know that this is real. This isn't like theory. This isn't like some scripture that I read and that I'm talking to you about, but I actually don't even practice it myself. This is real. So recently, or when we moved to Detroit uh, a little less than two years ago, my, my family and I, we, we knew that we would have, a, as part of the NCMI team, the New Covenant Ministries International team that we serve on, We every two years we have an, a global meeting somewhere in the world, and every year we have a regional meeting somewhere in the nation. So we had one last year in America, and we knew that in 2018 we would have one, and we knew it was going to be in Johannesburg, South Africa. So when we planted this church, we knew that was going to come, and we were... What we didn't know is how we were going to finance our ways to getting there. Uh, if I could just be blunt, church planting isn't one of the most lucrative financial career moves uh, that one can make. And so we, had, we actually had no clue how we would do it, but, but we began to pray early on, Lord, we believe that this would be your will for us to go. Now, it would be completely acceptable... For us to say, Tyron, who, who leads the team, Tyron Daniel. Tyron, we, we, we're we church planting. You know how it is. Times are tight. There's no way we're going to be able to even get me to, to South Africa. And we definitely can't get me and my wife. We definitely can't get me and the four kids. I mean, the two kids. All four of us. But we began to, uh, to pray. And as the season drew closer, we began to just make a declaration. We believe that it would be right. We're a part of this team. Jesus, you've planted us on this team. We need to be a part of what we are doing as a team. And so we began to ask him for the finances. Now, as we begin to ask him for the finances, do you think they immediately just began to rain out of heaven? Thank you, Lord. No. We prayed to the same Jesus who showed up to Lazarus's funeral four days late. They, they, were, not, they were not coming. However... What did happen is right when it came time that we would definitely need to be buying those tickets, in this other kind of side hustle that I have going on in real estate, all of a sudden I had four transactions closing in one month, which is, if you're dual career, that's certainly not a bad month. And uh, the, the finances, right at the right time, miraculously came through for us to be able to buy the tickets, not only for ourselves, but also for both of our boys. And, and we go off to South Africa as though this is like some normal, we're just going to South Africa, you know, it's what we do. No, that was like a, how, Lord, did you cause that to happen? Unbelievable. And I could, I could share so many stories just like that. In fact, every single time that I've done an international trip, it's been just like that. We made a decision in faith, and God fo- comes through after we decide. Not, not, uh, we'll go, Tyron, if the finances. No, Tyron, we'll be there. I don't know how we're going to do it. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. Trusting, now, now that's not some presumptuous thing that we just unilaterally declare what we believe God has to do, and so, God, you have to do it. No, no, It, it, it came from agreement in our spirit and faith that we had. We believed that it would be God's highest. And so we made a decision, and God came through, and um, and uh, and and we were there. And now, when those finances came, the reality hit—maybe more for me than it did for Minda—as we bought those tickets, knowing surely this is divine provision for us to, in response to our prayer, to go to this thing. It, the the reality hit these finances could so easily this is a lot of money this could easily go for very legitimate real needs that we have there are some other things that we are also can i say trusting god to provide for and we had to by faith believe that this is for you god and invest what for us is a huge amount of money uh, and just yield it all to jesus the king and the kingdom and can i say god is good that God's economy operates in a realm of faith. Based on something that you do not see, but what you see with the eyes of your heart and come to believe. And so if we want God's perfect will for our finances, his kingdom to come, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our financial space. It happens in the context of us believing and operating and moving in what we believe Oftentimes, counter to our natural understanding, what the will of God is. There's a plunge. Do you you understand what I'm saying? The moment you hit that button on the computer, tickets paid for, there's no turning back. Do you know what I mean? It's a Lord we believe, but there's also, can I say, a sense of privilege and a sense of expectation and a sense and a positive sense as you hit that button. Doing it in faith. Hope that makes sense. Yeah. So let's, let's move on. Let's skip over uh, verse 22 and 23. But I wanted to at least touch on verse the treasures on earth, treasures in heaven, as a backdrop to this passage of Scripture where Jesus begins to address what every human is going to encounter in this world where finances are concerned. I want to say this, that at the fall part of the curse that came upon man is that he would labor in the earth by the sweat of his brow in other words part of the fallen condition of mankind is that it falls on us it's by the sweat by the grunt of working that we preserve ourselves and take care of ourselves and par- and the antidote to that in the new covenant is that we enter into what, a place of rest. Where actually the Lord says you do not carry your own financial needs anymore. You carry the resp- my, the, my yoke. He says, don't take, uh, come to me all of you who are weary and heavy laden with burden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and I will give you rest for your souls. Matthew chapter 11. What am I saying? That in this new covenant, we don't grunt and, and work and get money and look at our financial spreadsheet and make sure that all the eyes are dotted. What we do is we live before God, taking steps every day. Lord, what is your will? What are you calling me to do? Where our money doesn't belong to us. Our, 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 even our very work, our livelihood doesn't belong to us. The whole thing is his kingdom coming as it is in heaven. So let's, let's continue to look at this. The, uh, verse 24, Jesus is teaching to us on this thing of finance. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Can we just let that settle in for a minute here? No one can serve two masters. He's saying where where finances are concerned, there are two kingdoms. And it's either one or the other. You cannot serve your own self-preservation and serve God. If you're going to serve God, you're going to have to trust God that he takes care of you instead of fending for yourself. That's why Jesus said that whoever seeks to save his life will lose his life, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. We'll keep it. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we usually, again, don't use the word mammon a lot. But what are we talking about here? There's two different economies. There's, the, there's God's economy, and then there's the economy of this world. And as we said earlier, the economy of this world operates by, at its worst, greed and avarice. Wanting stuff and, and the pursuit of stuff in this world. How many of you know we need stuff, right? So that's not bad, but when we have to have a Lamborghini or whatever it is, or, or Corvette, is it? And even that, it's not bad inherently. God wants to bless us. That's actually, I'd like to get into that in, in the coming weeks as well. God wants to prosper his children in the context of his will. So that's a whole other story, but <clears throat> there are two economies. There's, the, there's God's economy, and then there's the economy of this world. This world operates by, as, at its worst, avarice, greed, but at the very least it operates by fear and self-preservation, whereas the economy of heaven operates by faith, trust in God. Yeah. Now, that's easy to agree with in an atmosphere here, But when it comes down to making a decision, writing the check, not purchasing this, whatever the case, making actual decisions, that's where the rubber meets the road. And so we have to anchor ourselves in response to these words of Jesus. I'm not going to serve mammon. That is not my inheritance as a child of God. God will provide. Can I say... If it's his will, it's his bill. <laughs> right. And it's for real. He is honored by faith. And pleased by faith and trust in him. And he rewards faith. So, <clears throat> let's move on. Verse 25. We're going to read verse 25 down to the end of the chapter. Verse 34. And I want you to take special note every time. In fact, somebody can, give, can count for me. Who's going to count? have a volunteer. Count, there we go. Count how many times do we hear something about worry, to not worry or to not be anxious. Yeah. And, and the reason I want to count is the amount of emphasis Jesus is giving. Worry, where finances are concerned, not our portion, yeah. not our place as a believer. So let's start here. Verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry. Here's number one. About your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? The Gentiles seek. Why is that, uh, pause there, why is that so important? Gentiles, what are Gentiles? People who are not a part of the Jewish people. In other words, people who don't have a covenant with God. So he's saying the people who are not living in covenant relationship with God are seeking after these things. In other words, this should be foreign for those who are living in a covenant relationship with God. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. How many have you been in that situation where you're asking God in prayer and it's like you think he doesn't know? Anybody ever been there? And Jesus is saying here, your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things. You don't need to worry. Here comes the antidote right here, the whole point of this morning. This morning's message at least. But Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That right there is the thesis statement of God's economy, how finances operate in the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. All these things will be added to you. It's exactly what we were talking about during worship. I love how these things kind of blend together and we don't even plan it. We're not fighting our battle so that we can have what we want or think or breakthrough or whatever this thing is that we. It's all in the context of Jesus being the Son of God, the King of Kings, the highest in authority. And as we live in under His leadership, submitted, obedient to Him, we're no longer living our own life. Our whole intention of life on this earth is to allow His will to be done. In that place, we can trust in his name for him to bring us whatever breakthrough we need because we're not getting it for ourselves, we're wanting to release his will. And so that's the whole idea of covenant relationship with God, is it's God is in, God the Father is in the Son, and the Son is in us, and we are in the Son, and we together are operating here on earth to release heaven into the earth. And in that context, the 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 financial provision of God, the blessing and the provision flows. And we gotta be real here, because I, I know that there's teaching that would counter what I'm about to say, but I'm afraid I'm I'm stand on the scripture. There will be times when you follow Jesus into financial difficult moments. Now, I know like that people think that it's all prosperity, all blessing, and the more rich we are, the more faith we must have. No. You will follow Jesus into the valley of the shadow of death. And Paul said, I have learned to be content, whether abased or abounding. In both I have learned to be content. But some things are for learning, and others are for living. And the abased life, that's not... The big picture will of God. That's moments that we pass through. God wants to, to bless you and to even prosper. Why, why, by the way, would he send you into business to fail? <laughs> right? I mean, what, how is that the kingdom of heaven coming? But the, but, the, uh, but the process of God is beautiful that as we walk through, it becomes less Walk through with him in these in these things; it becomes less of us, more of him. So that when we are entrusted with greater provision, it's actually just to facilitate his will, not just our own, our own desires. God is actually a God of giving. And so let's uh, let's dig into this a little bit. God's economy: seek first the kingdom of, of heaven. So, what is the kingdom? First of all, because that's that's the. The, the teaching here is to seek first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Because this is the antidote. This is the, the, this is the thing that breaks the, the thing of mammon. <laughs> horrible English. This is the force that will break mammon's control over my life and your life. So we need to understand what Jesus said here. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. All these things will be added to you. This is the antidote to the system of mammon in our heart. So what does it mean to seek first the kingdom? What is the kingdom? You know, I mean, what, what are we even talking about? If you look at the, the word kingdom, in English, actually, is, it, it breaks down into two parts. Kings, domain, kingdom. The kingdom is the realm in which the will of God is done. The will of the king is done, more specifically, So the kingdom of God, when you seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, you're seeking a realm in which the will of the king is done. That is the antidote. In other words, you're not seeking your own kingdom, your own stuff. You're rather in place of that. And can I say it is inherently our instinct to seek our own stuff? Because that's where our mind goes. We're aware of our needs. We're aware of our situations. And Jesus is saying, if you will lift your gaze above your present imminent need and look rather to seeking first, Lord, what is your kingdom? That all of these present imminent needs will be taken care of as I rather seek that. So what is kingdom? It's the realm in which the the will of the king is done. Is it a... Where is the kingdom? Can anybody tell me, like on Google Maps, where where are the coordinates? Of the I don't. What does that mean? The house of the Lord. The church. The church. Okay. okay. I like that, but I would even say the church is not the kingdom of heaven, and it. And here, and let, me, let me explain that. The, that we have the kingdom of heaven inside of us. The moment that you're born again, you receive the king and his spirit comes in and lives inside of you. And that spirit is fully with God and the Father and Jesus in the kingdom of heaven and is fully with us. So there's a connection of the kingdom of, of heaven between us and with God. However, the church are imperfect vessels, and therefore we aren't today a perfect expression of the kingdom of heaven. But what, So if we're seeking first the kingdom of heaven, it's that connection we already have. Jesus said w- the kingdom of heaven, don't say it's here or there. Don't point to some coordinates in Google Maps and saying the kingdom is there. Or Bethel, we hear revivals happening in Bethel, so that's where the kingdom is. Uh, if Some of you know the, of that ministry, in fact you guys went there. Uh, or, or Border City Church, this is the kingdom. No, no, no. The king, He says, don't say that it's here or there, for the kingdom of God, when it comes, will be within you. Yeah. It's within you through the Holy Spirit. You have the kingdom of heaven, however, that doesn't mean that just because you're a born-again Christian, you're walking in the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God walking in it is a life of giving your heart to Jesus to seek his will, and then acts of faith and obedience to do it. That is the kingdom of heaven. So to seek first the kingdom of heaven is simply to seek the will of, of God. If we will do that, rather than seeking our own salvation, I don't mean salvation from hell, I mean salvation from imminent financial disaster, or even with my own example that I gave before, with this trip to South Africa, if I was seeking my own, what I need, I need to buy a house, I need a down payment, I need to be, I need to pay this thing off, that's what I need. But if I had been seeking that, I would have never invested that by faith into something else that actually reaps rewards and seen the provision of God on the back end to, make, to cover that. So, uh, so that is the kingdom of God. It's not physical, it's a spiritual realm. It's received when you receive Jesus. The kingdom of God is the will of Jesus communicated to you by the scriptures and the Holy Spirit through your relationship with God. So let me just toss out some key truths that I want to kind of tie a ribbon around what we're saying here. First key truth. You don't need to work harder. You need to pay more attention. When it comes to the economy of heaven. Now, I didn't say you don't need to work. And I didn't say you didn't need to work hard. In the grace of God, we can't say, "Well, Lord, I'm at rest, so I'm just not going to have a job." Let Your kingdom come. No, <laughs> no, that doesn't it doesn't work that way. But when it comes to our needs, it's not about digging in deeper and working harder, Lord. What are You saying? Second, second point: God has a will and a plan. And it includes all your needs. If I really know that, if I really believe that, then my primary concern becomes, Lord, what is your will? I don't need to figure it out myself. I mean, I kind of do, but I do it in partnership with him, the one who already has it figured out. Third point. Worry is foreign to a believer. We're not saying that a believer never worries. We're not saying that you're a pathetic believer if you worry. I've worried within the last, I don't know, 72 hours probably. But it's not my inheritance. I don't partner with worry. I don't become a house of worry. Uh, you know, like, a, like a living space for worry to abide. I don't, worry is not part of my portion. Fear is not part of my portion. I know my Father is with me. And he provides for me. Yes, God. Fourthly, your provision is not your responsibility, but your father's. Again, do we need to work? Absolutely. Does he have stuff for us to do? Absolutely. Is, we're compensated. There's a whole work and compensation. I, I'm not saying anything against that. But even what job I take, what career path I took, in fact, what I'm doing right now, uh, when I be- made the decision to go down a ministry career path, it made little financial sense, can I say. And when I began to explain to my parents, I don't feel, that, okay, so what seminary are you going to go to? So, like, let's be reasonable here, let's get, like, you know, what denominate, What? let's get into a place where you have a career path and there's income that comes in and well, you know, I I, uh, I don't I, I actually feel like I need to be trained within the context of my local church, and we're gonna do like a like Bible college remotely, and and so how do you get paid? I um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think in the right time God's gonna open up a door if that's His will, and oh, okay, so you know what I'm saying? Like okay, so <laughs> it. it, it Decisions that you make discerning God's will that will look ridiculous to people around you sometimes. But you know it's God's will and you go there and you watch God provide for you. It may not be lap of luxury and everything is always comfortable and that kind of thing, but it will be astounding watching the hand of God provide in a miraculous sense. Number five, and lastly, your responsibility is to obey Jesus and steward what you have. Your, the father's responsibility is to provide for his children. Our responsibility is to obey Jesus and steward what we have. So a key question I want to, us all to ask ourselves: Am I seeking first his kingdom in life decisions? Now, I just want to quickly touch on this other thing, very quickly. He actually didn't just say, even I have oftentimes thought this way. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of, of God, and, and, and everything will be added to me. But Jesus didn't just say that. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. So the, the idea is it's not just the kingdom of God, which is the will of God, but it's also the ways of God. It's his righteousness. So in other words, as I'm doing, I could rightly discern the will of God. For example, example eight or nine years ago, God sent my family to South Africa. That was the will of God for us. We did it in faith. God rolled out the red carpet for us to miraculously be able to get there. But when I arrived, walking in the will of God, it was important that I walked or sought his ways to do what I was doing. It's not just the what, but the how. Is that making sense? You can be without a job. New job comes. God's provision. But it's how you conduct your life. Seeking not only the will, but also his righteousness. How do we do what God has called us to do is also important. And both are God's kingdom being released into the earth. The what of the will of God as well as the how and we seek first both. This is this is where the church needs to be mature. It's one thing to hear God's voice to direct us. It's another thing to yield our heart and how we conduct ourselves, how we're living. Allow Him to go deeper and deeper into our heart to be more about other people and not about us and not just living the way we feel like living and so on and so forth. There was a. Um, there was a, uh, so many of you would know, back in like 1987, I think it was, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. I don't want to, I certainly don't want to speak evil of people, but it was, and, and even Jim Baker, I think, would, would admit, was just a horrible departure from what had been the will of God, I would think. He kind of came up as a, like a children's, um, almost like a puppet show, or, or kind of like a children's TV show for Christians. And it became so royally popular and their TV presence began to grow and grow and the Christian network. But in the end, they were building Heritage USA, building this big hotel and promising if people partnered with them to give $1,000 donations that they would have a three-day, annual three-day right to go to this hotel and uh, they ended up using, take, they got more than twice the amount needed to actually build the hotels and they only completed a part of the project, com- pocketed the other 3.4 million. They had a dog house with air conditioning. They had this and that and the other. I'm not wanting to speak evil of people. They both repented, both knew that they were wrong. I'm just saying, How we can get into a place where we're following God's will, but we begin to become entitled and to think that we can pompously do whatever it is that we think that we can do. It's actually, God, it's not just your will, but how are you calling me to walk this thing out? And so this is what I want to say. The main thing is that kingdom and righteousness, kingdom of God and its righteousness, you've got the specific will of God and you've got the general will of God. The specific will of God, for me, as an example, would be God led our family to move to South Africa a number of years ago. Um, Are you going to find a scripture in the Bible that says Paul and Minden Nichols need to move to South Africa? So you've got the general will of God is what is revealed to us through the scripture. There are principles with regards to finances that we need to find in the scripture that are general to us all. And that's part of seeking the righteousness of God. But there's also the specific will of God, which isn't going to be in the Bible. You're going to, through your relationship with God, you'll discern, which sometimes will include leaps of faith financially. God may call you to do a career sidestep or something. It doesn't make any financial sense, but you know that it's God, and you do it trusting. You you see what I'm saying? You're not going to find a scripture... It's your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He gives you faith. You know, us, Mickey moving to Detroit. There's a scripture that says Mickey McCart needs to move to Detroit. It was just a knowing. He just had a witness in his heart. I don't need to be there. I need to be here for God's purposes. And he did it in faith. And has God been good in that decision? <laughs> Extremely good. Awesome. I love it. So it's the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Let me just say, uh, in terms of general will, and we'll get more into some of these principles from the Scripture in the, in the coming week, but uh, examples would be generosity. That's, that is the general will of God. That we're generous. It, it, I, would, I would say it is a bit hypocritical for us to be asking God on the one hand, God bless me. But not, on the other hand, looking for ways that we can be generous and to bless others. It's part of our God blessing me is so that I can be a blessing. And we don't wait until we have our bank account full to be a blessing. We just start being a blessing and God blesses us. So generosity, tithing, giving a portion of our income into his work. That's a principle of the, of the kingdom of heaven. Some people feel like it's legalistic. Or, or law, that's a whole other topic of, of conversation. At the very least, it's a principle, and I certainly don't want to be giving any less than that as, as, a, as a child of God in the new covenant. Working diligently, that's a principle. Uh, respecting and obeying our employers or, or our empl- employers or bosses, that's a principle with regards to God's economy. So, what are some takeaways? And we'll wrap it up here. God's will for your finances will require acts of faith. Secondly, God's economy operates by something that can't be seen, but it's believed. How many of you want God's perfect will for your finances? That's how it works. By by belie- by something that can't be seen, but believed. And God's economy, lastly, operates by this principle. You, you take care of God's house, and he takes care of yours. Yeah. That's right. So can I just ask, uh, let's, let's respond. us respond. just going to ask you to cl- shut your eyes real quick. Awesome. There's a scripture in Hebrews that talks about repentance Um, repentance of dead works and faith towards God and I think that there's a a, a principle of repenting and putting our faith in God, repenting of one and replacing that that thing with faith towards God and so right now we're wanting to see his kingdom uh, come this is an important moment right now where you can make business with God and open up his perfect will where finances are concerned into our lives. And so I'm going to ask us to repent. Now that's not a four-letter word. That's simply recognizing one thing is not God's will. And so I want to turn from that. So right now, I'm going to ask us to repent of any greed, want to repent of any control, self control, self preservation any way which we kind of bat God's hand away from our finances and say no, let me, I've got to under repent Jesus you are in control and I want to give opportunity right here right now to repent like as in right right now Of any worry. Just turn from it. Lord, I repent of worrying. I will not worry. Help me to not worry. And right now, let's put our faith in God by making a few declarations. Let's declare, Jesus, you are Lord over my finances. You are Lord. I'm not. They belong to you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Let's declare, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let's trust in him. As we follow him as our shepherd, we are not ever going to want Maybe that's a declaration or a celebration, even. Lord, thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to want as I follow you. And then, thirdly, let's invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Speak to me from your scriptures about how I should be managing my financial affairs. Lead me supernaturally. Lead us, Lord. Lead us in the decisions that we're making that could have financial implications. We want to be led by you, Holy Spirit, and we want to obey you. Even if it doesn't make financial sense. We trust in you. Amen. Amen. Cool. All right, Mickey, why don't you share some thoughts with us and we'll wrap it up.